In this episode of Agency Unfiltered, we have Beth Carter, Chief Strategist of Clarion Creative Agency. Beth teaches us about the importance of finding right fit clients and how you can maintain great working relationships. She shares why it's so important to qualify for fit, how she identifies if a potential client is the right fit, and then what impact that has with the client experience and how she ensures each relationship remains positive. On the flip side, we talk about wrong fit as well, what impact it can have on the agency, and when needed, how agencies can part ways with those wrong fit clients. Are you ready to build remarkable relationships with the right clients? If so, let's jump in. Hello, Beth, thank you for joining us today. We are excited to have you, um, and I'm excited to talk about uh, finding uh, or discovering who your right fit clients are, who the good fit clients are for you and your team and your services, uh, and then what sort of impact benefits and, and kind of, you know, why would you uh, define who right and good fits are versus maybe who isn't the best fit, right? So we'll unpack all of that, uh, but let's first just start uh, for contextual reasons. Uh, how you go about defining who your right fit clients are, who you good fit clients are. Uh, so just get us an idea of who that is for, for you and your team. So as a HubSpot agency, you know, we go through this, the agency partner training and maybe you've gone through some of the sales training. And I'm familiar. <laughs> yes, I feel like I know yes. you even though we've just met. Um, and you know, there's all this talk about BANT, uh, you know, budget authority, need time. And, and that's important, that's uh, you know, like table stakes almost. But that just gets you to a certain point that doesn't necessarily, that is not the end all be all of a right fit client. And some of it is really just um, cultural fit. Mm. You know, do you get along with this client? Do you enjoy working with this client? Does the client enjoy working with you? Um, can you help the client? And it's not just, you know, do we have the, the capability, but are you going to mesh and really work together in a way that's going to be beneficial for their company and for your company as well. So it's not just company size, vertical, revenue size, you're talking about like almost like personality makeup or communication style, and that actually plays a factor in determining if they're gonna be a good fit for, for what you offer? That's exactly it. Um, why is that so important? Like why do you need to have a, a, a finger on that sort of pulse? Like what are the, the repercussions otherwise? Well, so, you know, it, when, as an agency, what we do is not easy. And if we're going to be doing something that is so hard with somebody that we don't like working with, what is the point? Sure. Um, as a small business owner, you know, life is too short to work with people that you don't genuinely like. People that stink. Yeah, Sorry, we're on, on, you know? People that suck. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, we're on, it's unfiltered. So. And it's not. It, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. I don't want to work with anybody like that. But sometimes it's just. Sometimes you're just not the right fit, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And it's a very wishy-washy, vaguely defined kind of a thing. Um, and and you know it. A lot of it is gut. You know, it's not like there's a set of questions. I don't have a checklist that I can, you know, find. Oh yes, the, you know, she laughs at my jokes. Okay, I'm, I want to work with her. That's actually a big thing for me. <laughs> okay, well, actually, it is kind of. Yeah, a, okay, it, yeah. it is a little bit, right? But but you you need to be able to have fun working with this person, um, and and you need to have a sense that they're having fun working with you too, right? Because sure. if you've got to be building a relationship with this client, in in it's not just about 
the fun, you know, we're going to run a campaign, we're going to do your blogging, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, but we are trying to actually help our clients look like heroes, right? And if we don't, that's a very personal thing. Mm -hmm. So you have to have that personal relationship for um, uh, you to be able to, to um, for the client almost, to be able to trust you in a way that you can make that client look like mm -hmm. a hero. You mentioned too, um, you have to trust your gut. Right, or it's like it's a it's a gut feeling. So when when do you know like this is an aspect where I trust my gut, or or just like how do you actually begin qualifying somebody? Uh, like what's that process look like to say like, okay yeah they are the right fit? Like what is that process like? When do you know these are the personality attributes or communication styles? Like these are the ones that I'm looking out for. Like what does that process look like if there's a process? You know, uh, the sales process is long, is the good news. So you're never, well, wow, if I could sell a, you know, huge retainer with one phone call, that'd be fine. And that would, you know, wow, I'd, I'd probably make sure they're time. a good fit client, right? But that's not really how it works, right? So you've got it, you're, you're having several multiples interactions with the client or with the, the prospect at that point. And so you get a sense of how, how are we communicating? Is it, um, you know, sometimes it's as simple, we actually, lost business not too long ago and, and in hindsight it was a really good thing and, mm -hmm. and it was just everything or we we are a remote agency and everything we do is by video camera uh, or zooms and you know video calls uh, they would not turn on their video camera in any of the calls which is fine it, there's nothing wrong with not wanting to do a video call but it was not the way we work you know yeah. it, it, it was such a little thing but that was emblematic of just multiple ways where they didn't laugh at any of my jokes so you yep, know and I guess get so, rid yeah, of them yeah right you know and and I just I, I knew we just we just weren't clicking mm. and and that's such a, an amorphous kind of a thing but we just didn't click and we didn't get the business and we shouldn't have gotten the business and I don't I probably there was some subconscious aspect of it where I maybe would I don't know maybe I would have approached it differently if yeah. I felt we were a better fit but it, it none of it felt right and I was not heartbroken when when we found out that we didn't get it. So it's never the the one big thing like it's not a singular checkbox where you're like okay uh, they didn't log into Zoom um, so they're they're not a fit for us but it's almost like a death by a thousand scratches right so it continues to stack up and once all of those things complete like the larger picture uh, it, it might be time to, to move on or, or go in another direction. That's a really great way to put it. Um, you know, and it's funny, I've, I have been running this agency for not quite four years now, but I've been in this space for a very long time. And, um, you know, you know when something is right and when it isn't right. And sometimes it's really easy, especially as a small business owner, you know, it's hard to say no to revenue. Oh my God, it's so hard. But you know, and any time I have ever regretted, you know, th there's that voice in your head. And any time I've made a decision where I've ignored that voice, 100% of the time I regret it. So the, the older I get and, and the, the, you know, as the more my career progresses in this, I listen to that voice. Yeah. Um, trusting your instinct, right? Yeah. And so being more intentional about what makes up the right fit or maybe a bad fit or, or the wrong fit for your services, um, like how does that conversation go? So whether it's there at some point in your sales process or maybe it's decide to, to part ways with an existing client, like how do you approach that conversation? What does it sound like? What does it look like? When you realize you're not a good fit? Yeah. Yeah, so we had a circumstance um, almost two years ago now um, it's never easy, really, you know, and if it's during the sales process, then it's, it's actually, that's the easy part when it's the sales process. And I have even had um, occasions where um, I maybe purposely priced us out of business. 
you know, because I knew, and it's, so, I, and, and actually that, that even belies the, a better point there that there's, I believe there is no good reason to ever burn a bridge, mm -hmm. right? You know, so just because we aren't a good fit, it's not a judgment, it's just, it just is, you know, so what? No mm -hmm. big deal, you know? Um, so I always want to make sure that I'm saving face both for my own agency and for the other company because nobody wants to be told like, oh, you're a jerk, you know, that yeah. <laughs> kind of doesn't go over very well. <laughs> so there have been certain circumstances. So I've been told, yeah. <laughs> Um, so there have been certain circumstances where I maybe like purposely kind of, you know, say, knowingly, like this was my, my exit route that, you know, I presented a proposal that I knew would never fly and, mm -hmm. and oh, gee darn, too bad. Um, but we, we did actually have a circumstance a couple of years ago where we did have to, um, uh, what was the, the Gwyneth Paltrow consciously uncouple from, isn't that how she, she, uh, anyway, I, I'm I'll sorry, diverse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100% that's what it was, yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, we had to we had to break up with the client. Um, in this particular circumstance, the company had always been very dysfunctional. But yeah. the uh, vice president of marketing was phenomenal, and she shielded us from all of the dysfunction from the rest of the company. Well, she could only take it for so long, and she eventually left. And then mm. they brought the 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 CEO of the company handpicked her replacement, and um, and it, it, it the personality just we just did not click. It was it was not going well mm -hmm. I could see the you know the the wheels flying off this train and and it was we we're heading for someplace really bad um, it, it fortuitously it was right around the, the start of a new year and similar to my my brilliant strategy for proposals I, I let them know that you know what in the start of the new year we're gonna be raising our prices for everybody and right away said, oh, well, we can't do it. And I was ready for that. I knew that was mm -hmm. going to be his answer. I said, I understand, and let me, let's talk about how to you know, help you find another agency. So it was like the perfect segue into this breakup. He, I, I believe they think that, you know, well, we were just kind of crazy about it, that, which was fine. Mm -hmm. you know? I didn't want, I, it, had, it, had I tried to be confrontational, <laughs> it would have been horrible. And there was no need for that. So it was a very safe way that he felt like he was saving face. I knew that it was working out very, you know, this was the right decision to make. Um, and that was how we went about it. It's great. It's a sly approach. I like that. Yeah. Um, in regards, um, one question about trusting your gut, and then I want to move over. Maybe we'll talk about the positives and the, and the great relationships you've been able to foster with these good fit clients. But when you go back to trusting your instinct, trusting your gut, and all of a sudden, like, the flags go off that maybe this isn't the right fit, um, I'm not sure how big your team is, but is there any weight you apply to whose gut is being trusted at that moment, right? So if you hear from your account level uh, folks or anybody like a junior employee that is raising their hand saying, hey, I don't think they're the best fit, like where does that fit into the whole process, right? You know, and we're a small agency. We, we're a team, a core team of five, and we have sort of a, a, a bubble of support staff around us and, and freelancers and, and uh, uh, other network resources around us. Um, I pay very, very close attention to how my team is reacting because it, it is not just about making the client happy, but my team has to be happy. If my team isn't happy, I don't have a company and, uh, you know, the, goodbye, right? <laughs> you know, the, like they are, they are almost more important. In fact, they are actually more important to me than, than even the client happiness. And the client happiness is really important, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I am constantly paying attention to that. and. Um, watching and even when we bring on a new client and I'm trying to think of who do you assign it to some of it is technical capabilities and some of it is personality who do I think is going to gel better with with a particular client um, so I have never yet had a team member say to me 
wow, this relationship isn't working. And perhaps that's because I'm always watching for it. You try it. and solve for it at the top, exactly. right? Like you wouldn't put them in a tough decision where I don't think they would gel in the first place. Right, right. And then they, they are forced with some, some um, you know, where's their loyalty, right? You know, to me, to the client. And that, and that would put my team, team members in a difficult position yeah. that I don't want to do. Oh, that makes sense. Um, so this, like this being intentional uh, around good fit clients. So we've turned away or priced out all of the bad fit or wrong fit folks. So now all we're working with are folks that we've deemed like this is going to be the best fit. This is the right fit. We mesh, we gel. Um, and so once they come in with that in mind, how do you lean on that or leverage it to maintain a great working relationship? Or how do you see it influence the results or the work that you do. So how do you take the definition of a right fit or a good fit client, and then how does that impact the full customer experience with your team? So there's a couple of things that we think are very important, um, at least in, in our unique, quirky, weird way that we work. Uh, first of all, regular check-ins. The communication is so important, and it's not just about um, the logistics of, uh, you know, oh, hey, did you approve this blog post? Hey, you know, whatever. And it, that is actually a lot of what our call is. So we have a, a particular cadence of check-ins. I will usually have weekly, maybe bi-weekly calls, depending on the client, uh, monthly calls, quarterly calls, and each type of call has a different type of agenda. Uh, the weekly calls do end up being very logistical in nature and tactical in nature, um, but that is almost the best opportunity that we have to eliminate, first of all, like a few hundred emails that you might be sending back yeah. and forth to try to get things done. And it's that constant check-in, and that is really where I can start to be, be taking the temperatures. Not every single one of them, but most of them I'm sitting in on. Uh, I don't have the time to sit on every single one, but I, I, I rotate around and make sure that I'm regularly sitting in on them so I can observe how the client is acting, how my team member is reacting, or, or, and you know, vice versa, and just making sure that, generally speaking, all of that is uh, flowing exactly the way it should be. So that, that just consistent, predictable communication has solved an enormous amount of potential problems where you know, things were just evolving into a mess of emails that nobody could keep track mm -hmm. of. That was huge. Um, transparency in everything that you do, so, and it goes both ways. Uh, one client, for example, and they're a phenomenal client, and they were so late with all of their approvals. The review process oh, yeah. was you taking had to chase so them down, long. Never got them back over and to you. Never get back. And and it's it is a problem. I mean, it's not just an inconvenience; it's, it's a problem because right. when, you know then everything that builds on that exactly yeah, yeah. campaigns can't launch on time, and you know, and they're hiring us to do a certain amount of work, and we can't get it done. If they, you know, help us help you, and we actually, I was, we sat down and had that conversation that you know, hey, we know this is not your fault, but the, let's you know reiterate what how this is impacting and the the, the cascading impact that mm -hmm. it has on everything. What can we do to help you? make this easier and we sat down and we brainstormed solutions some options and and ideas and truth be told it's still probably not perfect but it's better, it's better and than what it was, but sure. just the act of us talking in this very candid manner was um, it made it and, and it not in a way like you got to get it get us faster but it was how can we help you that you know the nature of the conversation made it feel very safe hmm. uh, which was then interesting because fast forward a few months after that conversation, and I had handled something. We were introducing a new service, and it was going to change their retainer arrangement, which is always a little bit dicey. And uh, the client was actually not super happy with the way I handled it, hmm. right? And I, I was so excited, though, in a 
you know, nobody's excited to get that kind of a phone call. But he called me with this information. And you know, we had had a, a team call, and we were talking about how this change. And afterwards, he called me privately and was like, you know, Beth, I, I have to say, I'm not loving the direction this went. Mm -hmm. And you know, right away, I said, oh my god, thank you for calling me. That thank you so much. We have the safe relationship where we can be transparent and communicate, and now we can work through this problem. Now I know what the problem is, and let's let's figure out a different approach. So and we ended up not even needing a different approach. He just like the the ability for him to talk honestly, like just express those concerns. Yeah. 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 So it almost like the long and short of it is being able to just say, all right, these are right fits, we mesh, we gel, they're good fits for our services, opens up the lines of communication, builds trust, and allows both sides to just be transparent into to how they're feeling. If this is a bad fit client and we don't gel, both sides might be, what, nervous or anxious, like they wouldn't want to have those conversations. Um, but it sounds like you, you've been able to remedy that. Yeah. yeah. You know, with when we were getting ready to break up with that client, it was funny, like the, it, it was going badly and going badly. And it got to a point where when they, the client would call me, I would go, I could see, you know, on caller ID, and I'm like, oh. And I realized, you know what? I, I created this, my business. I am a business owner, and I am not killing myself to go, oh when a client calls. Right. Something is broken here, we need to change that. And the day that I made that decision was hands down the most empowering day of my entire professional career. It was the most liberating, empowering moment when I realized that, you know, not everybody is a good fit. And then so if I'm an agency watching this, and as to your point, you know, I'm in a hard place to say no to revenue, right? So what would be like the, the biggest or greatest impact on the bottom line or for the business? Obviously, it empowered you as a business leader. It, it changed the communication styles, but is there anything else? Like what is the biggest, largest impact it's had on, on your entire agency? Again, being intentional by, by turning away or saying no to, to clients that might not be the best fit. Well, in that case, it, when, when that particular circumstance happened, we were in the process of hiring somebody. And I, I made the decision then to not hire the person because I knew we were losing that revenue from mm. the client. And it still ended up the right decision. It's like a major ripple effect, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. um, final question. Uh, what do you find is the weirdest part of agency life? Totally caught you by surprise. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's hard to pick just one. Um, but I'm going to, and I don't know if it's weird, but just that you can have your day, you know, it, I sit down at my desk at, uh, you know, sometimes I'm early, sometimes <laughs> 7, 8 in the morning, and I, oh, I know exactly what my day is, and I've got all these open blocks, I'm going to get so much done. And that first email that you open, and poof, your day is just <laughs> destroyed. All right, too real. This is too real. All right, this is too real. <laughs> Uh, the other weird, the other weird thing about agency life is uh, the crazy things that my team members put up on Slack. It's hmm. <laughs> a good answer. A lot of gifts. Yeah. Do you have a lot of custom emojis? Do yeah, yeah. So emojis? actually, at one point, you know, we we dabble with trying to do employee score scorecards, like you know, like an EOS kind of a yeah. thing. For and um, at one point, actually, the number of crazy gifts was one of the metrics on the scorecard for a while. <laughs> That's great. So yeah, yeah it's. Um, yeah, they're funny. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you we appreciate having, having you. Let's, uh, let's get that round of applause. If you like what you watched, make sure to subscribe to our Agency Unfiltered newsletter, which will remind you when the next episode drops, as well as send you a ton of other helpful, strategically curated agency content. You could also subscribe to our channel on YouTube or podcast on SoundCloud. 
And if you want to keep the conversation going, tweet me at Kevin underscore Dunn. Remember, keep it unfiltered, stay weird. I'm Kevin Dunn, and I'll see you next time.